Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. Hey, welcome to episode 242 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. As the lovely ladies said out front, I am Jason A. Meiske, and I am your host for this and every episode of the show. Hey, we are back again this week with last week's guest, Roy M. Griffiths. But this week, it's the sample chapter from his Cthulhu Amalgamated series, Book One, The Thing from H.R. And, and what a great book. I he, he was kind enough to send me a copy. I'm about halfway through it right now. And it is a lot of fun. Uh, I can tell you right now, if you have any interest, any interest or background knowledge in the Cthulhu uh, legends and stories from Lovecraft, uh, this is going to be right up your right up your alley. It, it's a lot of fun and uh, you know, <laughs> very strange, but also with a very uh, dark comedy twist to it. And uh, it's a lot. It, you're going to really enjoy it. And I think this sample chapter is uh, really going to set the scene for you so you can see what to expect going forward. To hear more about Roy and his writing life um, and everything we discussed last week, make sure you go back to episode 241. I'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes for that to make it easy to find. Uh, Don't forget to be following the show on whatever is your favorite podcast platform because we are available on all of them, uh, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, um, all, all the shows, all the platforms. We're, we're on all of them. So, <laughs> well, hey, I, uh, I mentioned last week that uh, I had a few things going on in my life. Uh, first thing was that I did have that knee surgery. Uh, it was nothing much to it. It's just the, an arthroscopic scope on, on me at my other knee because it was uh, in bad shape. It needed to be fixed. And that went, re- it went pretty well. Uh, they had to do a little more than what they thought they were going to have to do. So recovery time is just a little bit longer than expected, but that's all right. You know, they can they can rebuild me. They can they can make me stronger and faster, right? A little $6 million man throwback uh, from my childhood. Uh, but, you know, the good thing was that during my downtime, I was home for about a week and a half, almost two weeks. And during that time, I did do some uh, a lot of writing on Bandit 2. And, uh, and another little short story. But uh, the exciting thing was, I finished the draft of Bandit 2. Yay! Oh my gosh. <laughs> Almost two years later, right? Uh, and a good year and a half after I thought I'd be done with it and finishing the edits and everything. Good grief, it's crazy how life can get in the way and, and just... <sighs> I, I just don't even know where to start, you know? Um, but I'm so relieved to finally have this book finished and I'm excited to go back and be doing the edits because, you know, I don't think the edits are going to be that difficult. Um, I know what the story is now and I know what I want to say, what I'm going to be saving for other stories or other books in the series. So I'm really looking forward to this process and I really, uh, I'm, I really believe I'm going to have it done pretty quick. In fact, I'm so confident in it, I'm actually contemplating setting up a uh, a pre-order status for Bandit 2. Um, I haven't decided yet. I want to 
do a little bit of the you know the groundwork on the edits. I haven't. Uh, I want to lay everything out and start going through it and see what that looks like. And uh, of course, part of that also is going to be how my time works out because you know I'm, I'm, I am back to work, so um, I'm trying to manage that. But uh, rest assured, if I decide to set up a pre-order in the uh, in the coming months, I will let you guys know. Um, I even let you guys know ahead of everybody on my my own personal author uh, social media sites. I uh, made a post on Facebook that, hey, you got to listen to this episode if you want to hear the news. It'll be a day later before I make the official announcement on my social media as to uh, you know what's going on. So you guys are ahead on there because I don't do a I don't do a newsletter. I know a lot of authors say you know newsletters what you got to have. I don't know. I just I have <laughs> my time is precious enough. I don't think I could put the extra time right now into a newsletter on top of my writing and work life and then doing this show as well. So in order to put more time into writing and working on the show, I, uh, I, I kind of make the show my newsletter. So you guys get to have all the firsts of what's involved with it. So yay. Along with the, uh, Completion of Bandit 2, I'm also working on a short story that I, I pretty much have already written it. I've got just a little bit left to go, uh, but it's a 5,000-word short story that I'm doing for an anthology. Um, I can't remember if that's coming out this year, later this year, or early next year. It's with the writing group that I'm a part of, the Writers of Warnsburg, um, and I don't remember now offhand what the release date was for that, but... Of course, as you know, as soon as I do know that for sure, I will be letting you know so that you can check it out. Well, before we get over to the sample chapter from Roy, I do want to make sure and remind everybody to check out our podcast friends in the show notes down there. Just click that link and you get on over to Pop Cozy Culture Network, home to about half a dozen other shows. All of them cool, all of them fun, and all of them pop culture related. So if, if you have a hankering for news and fun stuff about uh, movies, comic books, TV, uh, celebrities, you know, anything along those lines, it's all there in the show notes. So click that and uh, hop on over. I also want to invite you to check out Writer's Block Coffee. They have three delicious flavors of coffee to choose from. And as an affiliate of the show, if you use coupon code sample chapter, the show gets a little something to help out with any bills. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. <laughs> That's always, it's always a nice thing. I like money. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, as always, uh, as I mentioned before, make sure you're following the show on, on social media. We're on all of them. Facebook, the X, I guess it is. I'm still going to call it Twitter uh, and Instagram. Um, I have not been sharing on there as much as, as I have in the past. Uh, just, it's been difficult to get on social media at all for a while now, but I'm trying to uh, trying to schedule things out to make it easier. Uh, but yeah, follow the show so you don't miss out on any news or anything that's happening. If you want to reach out to the show, you can do so at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming episodes. They're all pretty cool, I'm telling you right now.
Okay, well, hey, without further ado, let's hop on over to our sample chapter from our guest, Roy Griff Griffiths. This is book one of his Cthulhu Amalgamated series, The Thing, from HR. Hot Blood I was just settling down at my desk with a nice hot cup of the blood of a thrice-cursed dead man when I heard the squawker outside my office rumble. HR, may I help you? My secretary, Bug, answered in her most professional hideous shriek. I'd lowered my proboscis into the steaming brew, waiting for that lovely first jolt of hell-bound hemoglobin to land upon the parched, empty place where there should have been a soul, when I perceived that most dreaded event just beyond the entrance to my foul lair. A moist, tearing noise thundered at my earhole. Oh, bother. Bug was flapping a fluid limb at me frantically. From the squishiness of the sound, I deduced she was using her fourth tentacle, that fluid, writhing thing of power and horror. Another wet snap. The first cup of blood was so satisfying, or damned good, as we liked to call it, that initially I refused to leave the place where I hunkered and gibbered. Instead, one of my eye stalks slithered along the lair wall and protruded outside. She buried the squawker under her other fourteen tentacles and hissed, It's beef bits! Oh, bother indeed. It was himself. Uh, itself, really. <laughs> His nibs. The big kahuna. <sighs> I'm assigned to the HR if my esoteric vocabulary were not enough to hip you in, old bean. I slid the beaker of blood to one side and cringed before the squawker. Human restraint office, how may I be of service? Do take me off speaker, nephew. It was then that the terror washed over me. A call from the head of our division was bad enough, but now our family connection was mentioned? For long eons I withered before the karma-rending power of he who must not be named in casual conversation, only occasionally able to blubber helpless replies. Yes, I'm new to the division, your abominableness. Four hundred years. No, oh, most loathsome of the shadows, I am certified. However, I've never actually... But it was my final piercing shriek of despair that brought Bug scuttling into the lair, where she found me upon the corpse-strewn floor, my thousand eye-stalks alternately flagellating me and quivering loosely. That must have been a fun chat, she observed helpfully. What did the bits want? Unable to speak coherently for a moment, I rocked and wailed at the horror of my fate. She politely rewarmed the blood while I composed myself. Unable to bear the weight of my destiny while prone, I climbed to my hooves and composed myself. Brushing my eyes back into order, I crept into the comfort of my tatty, bones-of-hanged-men chair. 
After a restorative slobber of the hot hemo, I looked at her terrifying primary face, where sat her usual expression of tolerant compassion for my lot. It's worse than you can imagine. A smile of hideous knowledge rested upon her ancient face. <laughs> I can imagine a lot. I buried my head in my hand, eye stalks drooping to cover what would have been a face. The boss is sending me to Earth. And then, Bugs screamed. To my more cosmopolitan readers, the structure of our existence, one cannot really say life, is so self-evident as to require neither comment, nor inquiry, nor even notice. However, some of the readers of my modest monograph may not exist in the realms where hope liveth not, thus very little of my scientific investigation will make sense to them. I beg my more learned correspondents to bear with me, as I endeavour to bring a certain cultural context to my tale. It was the seer H.P. Lovecraft, known by some of my kind as H.P.V., that is, Howard Phillips' visionary, who first perceived what lurked beyond the veil of mortal human life, and quickly began blabbing about it to those who had the wit to hear. His knowledge was incomplete, imperfect, and, I've been told, often poorly composed, so the forbidden knowledge he shared was taken for little more than passionately felt diverting tales. Even one who sees dimly, as did HPV, can scry some of the truth of a thing. But the truth is so much more than Lovecraft's fevered brain was able to communicate or contain. As I was taught by older and wiser non-beings than myself, my kind have existed for eons uncountable here in the realms beyond time and the ken of man. There are those whose names it is not wise to utter in the lower realms, you know of dead Cthulhu who lies dreaming, of course, an essential essence so bewilderingly terrifying to human senses whom the seer Lovecraft could only describe by suggesting an amalgam of terrestrial animals, whose names escape me at the moment, perhaps an okapi with the head of an octopus or some such nonsense? The Dread One possesses an intelligence so vast and a sanity-rendering reality so utterly alien to any form of life or non-life that not even such as we are completely sure what the Big C, as the Cthulhu Sentai have been known to call him, actually is, or truly wants. He is not the only lightless star in our dark galaxy, however. There is Herketh, the black son of Lemuria, Pharethus, the stealer of breath, and one ignores Vigordigundu, the dominatrix of the primordial slime, at their peril. They, along with many others too terrible to mention, Lurk in the blackness from which light forever flees. All of them. And there are surprising numbers of beings of malevolent energies, equally pre-time entities, with aims as inscrutable as he who is dead asleep. As charming as these fellows sound, they hold a deep and typically fatal fascination for some humans and other life forms from the dimension of light. 
Somehow, humans and Pleiadians and greys and smartly dressed cockroaches and numberless other intelligent life forms keep finding their way here, which, being outside of time and space, is not precisely a place or a now. These allegedly intelligent beings are seeking, uh, something. And that is where we come in. We are staff, as it were, servants of the Big C and his ilk. In fact, of the many surprises that await those misguided seekers who find their way to us, the most striking fact is perhaps the fact that our activities in this place are so well organized. Editor, I'd like to think that we have in fact been a most useful model for organizations on the other side, because our template of tedium and terror has been repeated through countless worlds. I have no proof of this, I am very busy, yet very unimportant after all, but I plan on mounting a study of the subject before I retire. But I digress. There are subordinate beings of staggering potency, such as my uncle, a mighty one who communes with our silent masters and keeps us ever in readiness for the moment of unmaking. There are those below him, powerful still, who oversee and organize the work of implementing our mission statement. I'll not record that unspeakable document here, for it contains over 75,000 clauses that would be largely incomprehensible to humans, such as never give a cat power, which Earth's ancient Egyptians ignored to their everlasting regret. Others hop, slither, shamble. I am noted for the quality of my shambling, if I do say so myself. Stumble or ooze through the hierarchy unnaturally. The delirious hounds of Wagundwa, the shrieking baboons from beyond the veil, and of course the mailmen of Kismet, to enumerate but a few. Then, at the bottom of the org chart, there are such as Bug and I. Shoggoths. We were created as servants of the outer darkness, instruments of the often silent will of the dread dark ones. Lesser beings in our civilization, to be sure, but far more powerful than any human. Editor. Or Pleiadians. Those fellows are insufferable at their spiritual advancement, and for such highly evolved beings they certainly seem to wander in the lands where madness reigns far more often than mere chance would seem to support. The forms of a Shoggoth vary for reasons I really can't go into here, but suffice it to say we are the stuff of a nightmare that is teetering on the edge of madness with just a succon of raving. It's not glamorous work, nor glorious, but it is vital, and I felt this expository digression was necessary to ensure my gentle reader, regardless of their species or status as quick or non-living, might more fully grasp the import of this modest account of my experiences down there. Detached duty was the official term used by his maleficence, but the truth was, as are most truths in our dark dominion, far more excruciating. I was being sent down amongst the humans. After conveying this brutal fact to Bug, I collapsed into a heap of ickery tears. Good Bug regained her composure after her unseemly outburst and cooed, Now then, 
What's all this about now? You studied those hairless apes, did you not? That was ages ago. I could not help but wail in my torment. And it was only an elective class. But you are interested, she said encouragingly. You do keep up with them. I've heard you chatting with the damned ones before they're sent out for tidying up. I snivelled into the cooling mug of blood. Well, they are right there for processing, and they look so confused by it all. I gather the sight of their bodies, typically turned inside out as a result of their messing about with things man is not meant to know, tends to render their remaining essence rather nervously chatty, and a great deal more congenial to correction about the reality of unseen but only hoped at or deeply feared realms. That's right, Bug went on sweetly, laying several soothing tentacles across my brows and using a few of the others to massage away the tension in my somewhat shapeless bulk. Think of it as a little field trip, eh? You'll get to be surrounded by the wee humans. And what was it Beef Bits wanted you to do? My uncle, I announced morosely, has asked that I observe a certain troublesome group of humans. It was a rather vague request, as these things tended to go. He had emphasized the troublesome part of the brief, now that I thought about it. The suckers of her tentacles began to bite savagely into my skin. As I relaxed against the pleasant sensation, she said, It sounds like a great responsibility, Nagla. How so? Oh, yes, right there, dear bug. She set to, flailing at my hide with her tentacles, adding, Well, naturally, they'd only send a very capable and daring Shoggoth to that nasty superstitious place. It's a backwater, I said in distress, starting to stand. Her tentacles wrapped round the arms of the bone chair, pinning me there. Which is why they need you, the most educated being to ever run the human restraint office. I relaxed again under the twin assaults of her sound thumping of my upper thorax and her equally sound reasoning. Most of the lesser elder things do think that HR is a joke, an impediment to getting their job done. Yes, of course, she cooed again. I winced at that, for I knew that on a distant planet several galaxies across the hall, a tiny subspecies of Newt had suddenly exploded into extinction. But such are the burdens of our power. And you are just the shambling horror to prove them wrong. <clears throat> By the name of the unnameable, I dare say you are right. Oh, I know I am, she said in a teasing way. Will there be anything else, O oh lord of the fungi? I waved the flattery away. Psh! Could you be a love and fetch me a hot pint of something a little mellower? I gestured at the coagulating blood. Perhaps a dram of an occasional blasphemer? Right away, sir, she replied with a wink, punctuating it with a saucy smack of a tentacle tip against my proboscis. Dear bug, what would I ever do without her? Thus fortified, I turned to my necromail to resume my duties unending.
All right, that was Roy M. Griffiths with a fantastic reading from his Cthulhu Amalgamated series, The Thing from HR. That was book one. Book three just came out recently. So make sure you click that link in the show notes for everything Roy and to get uh, the rest of the series and uh, keep up with them. They're a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the book myself. Don't forget to also click the link in the show notes for our podcast friends and affiliate at Rogers Block Coffee. And hit that subscribe button so you don't miss that next time when I'm back with a new author, a new book, and a brand new sample chapter. Take care, everybody.